Hey guys, Barney here with a little update. I want to give a quick thanks to AB Universe for sponsoring The Big Top. Taking over production responsibilities has been a huge undertaking, and I'm extremely grateful to have such a fantastic sponsor, whose products I have used for years and can personally vouch for. You can now use my promo code BIGTOP to get 10% off your order at abuniverse.com. That's abuniverse.com. Thanks again to ABU for sponsoring this podcast. He didn't get out of the cockadoody car! And welcome to The Big Top. I am your host, Barney, and today you lucky listeners get to feast your ears on the auditory sensations of listening to Scritch and I on our road trip. That's right, we debrief our weekend in Manchester, first while eating in my parked car, and then on the drive to Leeds as I drop Scritch off. The audio actually cut out just before I say let's get on the road, but you'll hear the change from the delicious sounds while we eat in the car to the delightful noise when we then set off. This week, I got another email from listener Alpha Simon, who writes, talking to the clown, You're an amazing person. Thank you so much for standing up for all people to be in kink spaces. I do think if we share the same kink, why not let everyone in? I'm an alpha to a cute little puppy girl. I don't want her to feel uncomfortable or unwelcome in kink spaces. She's just as kinky as me, if not more. I'm a masculine trans man who passes well, so I don't get dirty looks. But I do think twice about telling even other LGBTQ people I'm trans in certain spaces. So thank you again, and let's keep working to make everyone feel comfortable and just enjoy our kinks. Also, I loved your reactions to Pup Cage putting on that clown nose, made my day, and got me excited to show off my new puphood later. I always enjoy your podcast, Alpha Simon. Wow, thank you so much. That means so much to hear. Um, I do just want to point out that Proteus Leather Club has a London chapter and is a trans-inclusive space. So check them out if you're in town. It's very cool that more of these spaces are starting to gain traction. This week, the circus is on the road from Manchester, and I invite you to join me as we go under the big top. Wait, okay. Let me put this here. I used to do this all the time with my phone when I didn't have a phone. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah? Okay, fine. Cute. Alright, tell me about this dead puppy. For a clown, you sound more like a pup right now. Shut (laughs) up. Tell me about Dead Dog. Okay, so Dead Dog Party was like part of. It was like the last club night out of Doggy Weekend. Also, yes, I went to Doggy Weekend. Oh. Had a blast. Yes, it's it's the last club night. I wouldn't say it's like the night of Doggy Weekend, but it's definitely a nice way to have one last jig and jive. Mm-hmm. Is that what you what you elders say? Yeah, yeah, yeah. One last jig and jive um, before we all go our separate ways. And there was there were a lot of, there were a lot of people that I wanted to meet who weren't going to the party because they were frankly too exhausted. You don't you will never have time to meet all the people you want to meet. No. You just have to accept that. Hell, you won't even have enough time to do everything you want to do. There are four events going on at the same time on Saturday. There was a photo shoot mm-hmm. going on, there was uh workshops happening. I only could there was like three workshops, I could only go to the first one. There's like an arcade section and then like a like a mini mini market. There was a lot happening. I wanted to go to the sauna but we never ended up having enough time. There was an arcade? It was an arcade, yeah. All retro games and stuff. Oh my god! Yeah. 
I'm telling you, you should go to Doggy Weekend. Uh, okay, so technically I didn't go, even though I was here, and I drove you here. Yes. And we're driving back now, but whatever. Mm. I don't know, it didn't really seem like my vibe, because it seemed very clubby. Mm. Well, I'm sorry, I'm eating sushi. And I'm not like a clubby puppy. That's fair. It's more than... Like, to be fair, Doggy Weekend, it's the evenings where you have the club nights. And even then, there was a separate chat um, with announcements and stuff where there were areas where you could just, like, chill out within the venue. Mm-hmm. Or, like, a, a separate venue next door. So with the first party, Kennel Club After Dark, churches was open, or the church, I don't know. It was open as, like, a chill-out zone if, it, like, the whole club is a little bit too intense for you. Like, it's been very accessible and very welcoming. Because mm-hmm. um, last year's Doggy Weekend, there was, like, issues because one of the club nights took place at a basement floor bar pop, which doesn't really have accessible entry, so a few people couldn't get in. Right, yeah. Um, but this year, they've definitely, like, they popped their pussies. <clears throat> so many pussies have been popped. That's why I only saw, like, two or three there. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about this. Mm-hmm. I was talking to Silver about this yesterday. What's Puppy Weekend like in terms of Puppy Weekend, Doggy Weekend? Mm-hmm. Like, inclusivity and stuff like that. Is it, like, that there are gendered events, or is it kind of all for everyone, or are there, like, main events that, like, only certain people can come to? As far as I'm aware, Doggy Weekend is quite inclusive um, for genders, and even, like, you don't necessarily need to be a pup to go to Doggy Weekend. All right. Because, I mean... Um, Spooky, one of the two pets that I dragged from Lincoln to be here today. Yes, he's a cat. Yeah. He's a cat. Well, but I guess it's pet play, really, like... Yeah. I mean, it caters predominantly to dogs. Yeah. It's in the title. But a cat would show up to a dog event and just be a cat. Do you know what I mean? It's not like... Yeah. You... The dogs are the social ones. So, that I'm... I, I get... I guess you wouldn't necessarily be something super out of left field... Mm-hmm. Like a pony or a donkey. I guess you could if you wanted to, though. Oh, there was a pony there. Oh, yay. Yeah. At the very least for Club Animals. Club Animals is the most inclusive out of all the events because it has its own thing. It's a separate club mm-hmm. that works in conjunction with Doggy Weekend. Right. And that one's fully inclusive of all genders, ex- yeah. expressions, identities. Um, some venues are, like, male only. Or at least male only unless you... Male... Are they cruising, though? No. So, for example, eagle. So what? E- so why? <laughs> eagle. <laughs> eagle is the main because it's a, like it's supposed to be a safe space for the gay men. And I mean, you you saw how there was at least one Hindu on Canal Street. That happens every day, to the point where there's some venues that don't accept ladies in unless they're with a male partner. Like Eagle, for example, even though it's a male only bar. Right, but where are all the kinky and queer women meant to go? I. It's kind of like pulling the ladder up after you, isn't it? A little bit, a little bit, but it's a, it's a situation. It's something I can't comment on that because I don't know, I, I don't know how bad it is. Well, someone was talking about like when it's a cruising spot, then you can be niche because you can say like this is our little like mm-hmm. sex spot. So if you come here, it's not really for you, you know. Mm-hmm. But if that's not the case then you're basically just saying, oh, we don't want you here. You're saying it's not... This isn't for you because, like, we're not for you. Or rather, you're not for us. Like, Mm -hmm. this is... I don't know. The gays want to hang out together. Like, okay. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I don't know either. But at least there are some events within Doggy Weekend that are inclusive for everyone, and I'm glad that's happened. Um, And it's a situation where you don't necessarily need to... 
When it came down to Doggy Weekend, you could get different tiered tickets, even though it all sold out, like, immediately. Um, mm. So you could get, like, the full weekend of events. You could get, like, an upgraded thing where you have, you like... That? I'll have that, yeah. Okay. Unless you want it. No, we should have okay. got soy sauce. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Oh, we should have got soy sauce. I thought about it, but I was like, nah. Nah. Um, oh, God. This weather is bad today. We got in the car just in time. Yeah, no, right? Literally a second, and then rain. Um, what was I saying? Um, oh, oh yeah. Different, inclusivity. Di- inclusivity. And you don't need to necessarily shell out a minimum of 45 quid mm. just to go to... Just to only end up being able to go to one event. Yeah. So, again, Club Animals, most inclusive, most fun, I'd say. Um, you can get that as a ticket separately. So you only... So you don't yes. necessarily need to be a dog no. weekend. You can just go to animals, and it's still just as fun. You don't need a ticket actually, because I came without a ticket, and I was looking at what I could go to, and there was still like you can still just loiter at the bars, yeah, and on Canal Street, and then there are events like animals that mm-hmm. you can just go to. So yeah. you know, it's mostly it's mostly the main scheduled events that take place in like cruise. Do you know anything about like how Doggy Weekend came about and and why? Because I... it's funny to me. I grew up very much seeing the pups as, like, dominating the social zeitgeist of kink, but that wasn't always the case. Mm. There's still, um, you know, a lot of people who remember when pups were kind of new and weird. Mm-hmm. See, I, I don't know, because I'm still learning not only about myself and the community, but also its history. Mm-hmm. Like, Doggy Weekend, this is my second Doggy Weekend. As far as I know, it's been around for at least... I don't know. I, I, again, I don't know. At least five years, I want to say. Yeah. Maybe I could be wrong. Maybe a decade, I don't know. Maybe a decade. I mean... It'd be a be... great thing to look this up and fact check, but fuck, I'm not going to do that. No, I'm hungry. I want to have this food. <laughs> you can fact check yourself if you're listening. This podcast is not about being right. <laughs> oh, oh, my God. God. <laughs> you okay? Are you okay? <laughs> uh, okay. Oh bless her! I was gonna pause. I was gonna pause. Was... I was like, perfect. Oh no! Oh, a nice no. woman just hit us with her. <laughs> well, the, no, the trolley slipped because of the. She's just got a lot of plastic boxes and it just hit the car. Anyway, the wind. Anyways, yeah. Fine. Wind, earth, wind, and fire. What um, else have we got? What have we got in here? Um. Oh, it's in in bag. Yeah. Oh, we've got like an anti pasta thing, which has like chorizo, olives, cheese, and breadsticks and salsa. Okay, good. We've got like a mini deli platter, which has. I think probably more chorizo and cheese and like some type of ham that I can't pronounce because I'm not Italian. Uh, oh, goddamn! You're welcome. <clears throat> Wait, how does it smell? Probably like what we're eating. Okay, love, love. love this love. is all stuff you can like put in my mouth while I'm driving. Oh yeah, I will shove it in. Of course, you <gasps> like pork tail, pork sausages, cocktail sausages, cocktail sausages, um, catsy style chicken bites. Okay, interesting. Yeah. And Let's see what they're about. And if you don't like it, I do have the roast flavor chicken bites. Okay. So. I like everything. I know you do. Except for... Don't want to talk about what I don't like! Okay, okay. What were you going to say? Um, Oil? Be- before the thing... Oh, what? Oh, actually, yeah. I... On the topic of oil, I had a conversation with Pup Davey, which <laughs> you are never aware of. I'll Can open. you open this? Oh, no. You having a conversation about me? Um, No. Well, I mentioned you briefly, because, of course, with me and my throw-me-into-the-deep-end approach with approach with Kink, uh-huh. um, I had a lovely conversation with Pup Davey, who, for those of you who don't know who he is, he special, he's like a Belgian Belgian kinkster, mainly a pup, but specialises in large toys. Okay. 
like ones that make you gape. The ones that make people who gape. Oh, this is the thing I saw with the yeah that you are apparently of... horrified with. Is it? It's the first thing. I just sent it to me, and I was like, "What?" And it's like coming out of his stomach. Mm-hmm. It's like the bulge as well. Oh, stomach bulge. Where are your organs? Oh, anyway, mm. I had to put Twitter down for the day. Well, I'm glad I could contribute to the social media break. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, I was having a conversation with Pup Davy about food. Uh-huh. He hates British food. Oh, fair. Because it's so... Apparently, according to him, it's um, tasteless, seasonless, and greasy. No, it's like wartime food. Which I think, yeah, it perfectly describes the British attitude in general. It's sad, wow. it's dreary, it's fattening, but it's hearty. Yeah. I don't think he understands that. I don't think he needs to. I think he's probably correct. Yeah. In his opinion. <laughs> yeah. Although I think... Um, so I was hanging out with Pup Davey for a little bit because we both had the same puppy brunch at the same time slot. But then I had to dip for a little bit because there was another pup that I'd prearranged a like breath play scene with. But then also Spooky and Rogue were like big fans of Davey. And I was like, you know what? I asked Davey if I could swap places with Spooky and Rogue for a little bit. And then I'll... Like touch base with them afterwards. So speaking of, I got to meet Davy and Lucia and Hunter, who I still have the bite marks from him. Oh yeah, those are cute. I know, I know. Um, I am so disappointed that well, because Bane bit me with his um Halloween fangs very deeply in numerous places. Really fucking hurt. Mm. It didn't leave like any marks. Well, you have tough skin. How else have you survived so long in the area around London? <laughs> I live in a nice place. Okay? I know. Leave me alone. You have, like, you have a really nice house. And the chickens as well. I haven't seen the chickens. Oh, Shut up your, about my chickens. Your cat is so cute. <laughs> your cat is adorable. Thank you. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I have a new cat. I've already told people that. What, Jaffa? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So cute. Yeah. And she, like, she was nuzzling up against my leg as I was, like, trying to see... Oh, she's her. like a dog. I know. It's really weird, actually. She <laughs> likes belly rubs, which no cat... Like... Mm-hmm. Most cats will give you like Charlie would let me give him a belly rub once, yeah, twice, and then he's gonna chew the shit out of my hand and be like, "Stop it!" Um, but Jaffa's just like, "Get in there," mm. and she just wants to be picked up. She'll she does, doesn't get bothered by like she'll be lying on you, and if you want to move, she's like, "Okay, where are we going?" And she's like, "Just carry me around." Like, I'm, well, whatever. she's just enjoying life. Yeah, like I walked in, she didn't pay me any attention, and did a little big stretch at the base of the um base of the stairs and I was like okay I love this place already she's so chill I know and she just like follows me from room to room back and forth mm-hmm. anytime I sit on the toilet she sits outside the door and like guards oh. such a little weirdo Adorable. and she talks it's hmm she talks oh she expresses she, she's she emotes yeah she's like mm. it's fucking weird yeah so she's having a good time yeah. chicken's having a good time mm. but speaking of pussies uh, the I are dead <laughs> Wait, what? Speaking of pussies, I didn't pussy out of the breath play session. Um, ah! <laughs> I thought we were going to get into the pussy corner of the podcast. At some point, we will. Um, oh, really? May as well. Right, let's go there. Oh, I'll talk, wait, pussy or breath play? Pussies. I like pussies. Cavernous vagina. Cavernous vagina. Yeah, I've recently realised that I'm not fully gay. Like, Dude, the day we work out what the fuck my sexuality is. Well, I mean, sexuality is fluid, so like, at some point in your life you may... Switch to some, or like evolve, develop to some extent. For me, I've always like, for me, my entire sort of sexual life, I've been gay. Right. But now I've realised actually, I'm not attracted to penises. I'm no. just not experienced enough to try reaching out with 
um, with vagines. I just like genitals are not the one. Yeah. It's also like, in terms of the person, if I want to like have fun with, if it's a guy, because I've been with like cis, like cisgender guys or mask presenting uh, non-binaries. Like cisgender guys, mask, just, just guys, guys, yeah. guys. Um, I, I have found that actually, because I remember surprising myself. I don't know. I guess there's, I guess there's um, a few different sides to it, which is like, I guess there's a biological component, like there's a factor in which your body recognizes traits mm-hmm. that are, you know, gendered. Yeah. And so people who have begun transitioning, there's like, it's interesting, there's a degree to which your mind is like, oh, okay, yeah, that's that's a male person, that's a female person. And then whatever their gender expression is within that, it, it's interesting. Those things, when they don't like align... When it takes more than half a second to process who they present as or how they yeah 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 or how you perceive them as yeah totally and then there's an interesting thing i've noticed where i'm like i guess it's maybe more because i'm i'm chatting to you to find out if i find you attractive before that becomes a thing for me is that why we did is that why i've been on your podcast just to figure out if you're attracted yes yeah yeah, yeah. okay cool um and the answer is no get out my car oh fuck (laughs) um No, and uh, it's interesting that I'm like, oh, this is an attractive person. But that had nothing to do with whether or not they were one gender or another. I don't know if it has... I I, I wouldn't say that I really have a genital preference either because I'm just, like, not into genitals. All I can tell you is I'm definitely clown sexual, and that's, like, the Mm. one. Bozo sexual. Bozo sexual. And that was always, like, a masculine presenting clown. Mm. Um... So, like, trans mask, I, I, that doesn't make a difference. Does the tone of their voice contribute? To what? To whether or not you are attracted to them. Oh, I don't think so, no. Mm. I don't think so, no. Because for me, that's part of... So, for me, the the way that I am now starting to figure out how I become attracted to someone, partially it's the tone of voice. Mm-hmm. They either need to have, like, an authoritative cadence. The tone of voice has to be, to some extent, in the sort of, like, masculine or lower range. Okay. Of course, eye contact. I love eye contact. Oh, okay. My my mind is constantly like looking for new stimuli around the scene. Uh-huh. So even talking to you, I can't always keep eye contact. It's a it's a active effort just to maintain eye contact because of my glass eye. Because you're fucking disgusting. Yeah, yeah. Um, I can see you like gagging when you look at me. It's hard for you not to just throw up. Yeah, yeah. Fair. I have to like sneak out at like seven in the morning while you're snoring to go to the toilet to throw up. Yeah, we both snore. It's fine. Yeah. Um. But genuinely, I'm just, like, attracted to people who are dominant and or assertive. Because I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. Tell me what I can do. Tell me how to do it. And I'll do it. Mm. To the best of my ability. You've got kind of, like, sub... Um, you've got sub-brain, like, kind of locked in there. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm instinctually a sub. Mm. Only if I'm... Unless someone is... I wouldn't say, like, out-subbing, because you can't really out-sub someone. But if someone presents more submissive than I would present then I would drift to some extent towards a more assertive... Well, see, I'm a true switch in that. Like, I love Mm. figuring it out and then being like, oh, yeah, cool, this is the role I'm taking Mm -hmm. with this person. Um, But then I've been attracted to, like... So, yeah, I don't know. It's so weird. I I, I guess people is really the thing for me. And the thing... The main thing for me is is humour. Because a willingness to be silly is the most attractive thing to me. And when somebody allows me to dress them up or clown them or is just, I don't know, I guess really funny 
and I guess that's also like a social thing. I willing mean, to not the, willing to not take themselves so seriously. Yeah, yeah. People who take themselves seriously, I'm just like that's the biggest turn off to me. But if you if you are willing to be goofy and dumb and silly, mm. that is really really hot mm. to me. So yeah. But then I don't know. There is some mask leaning stuff in there. Like I I, I think the. Final, well, I don't want to say the final frontier because I don't think that's necessarily. I think it's just not really my thing or what I'm into. The current mini boss is like femme stuff. I could see that changing though with certain people who are and how much I like to be corrupted. And because I like those people, you know, if I can 180 this hard on something like ABDL, yeah, and like right now, also, I've been talking to my friend about um, this puppet fetish of mine. And it's yes, tell me about this because you keep dude. mentioning about how you love to be puppeted. I'm like, how does it work? Like, it's crazy that crazy. I have this because. Don't look me in a room. A rubber room. A rubber room. Shut, shut up. <laughs> because um, I was very, very, always very, very deeply affected by films and, and TV and stuff. And I've mentioned before shows that like fucking traumatized me. And I really mean it. Like, traumatized me. I would think about them a lot. I couldn't get my head around it. Mm. And it was just things that I remembered being the scariest things ever. And that was the episode, the clown episode of The Haunting Hour, mm -hmm. which is just so, like, traumatizing and mean and sadistic and creepy, became very sexy to me. Like, rewatched it as an adult, kind of got over the trauma of it and was like, mm. oh, that's fun. And I get to act it out. So much of my kink, it's weird. This is why I say a lot that I think I used to be scared of clowns. Because I kind of remember being weirded out by them and not understanding them. Mm. And feeling avoidant towards them. And I don't know if that was just, I'm attracted to this thing and so I feel funny about it. Or if it was, I don't know what that thing is and it became fetish. I remember first time I watched um, Digimon, Piedmon like really scared me. Mm -hmm. And he's not what I would consider a sexy clown. Like he does yeah. not embody the things that I really appreciate about clowns. He's too angular and sharp and uh, he doesn't have a big red nose and he's too kind of demon-y. But after I got over the fear of it, I loved that whole thing mm. and I love Digimon so I I don't know the clown thing I feel like was sort of rooted in fear and, and trauma and so as somebody who used to be terrified of um horror films and stuff like that and now I love horror films it's this I, I don't know I don't know it, it like that Goosebumps episode the night of the living dummy fucking traumatized the fuck out of me and so did um the one about the toy town the like plastic town because it was so frighteningly sadistic mm -hmm. and creepy and evil and there's this other like short film i saw where like somebody is mean to clowns and then they like perform surgery on their vocal cords to make them a pig it, it's what it's so scary and yet now that i've revisited it looked at it and gone oh, okay that's not so scary mm -hmm. i now think it's really hot and basically that's my long-winded way of saying that's where my puppet fetish came from it's the same with um there was an episode of uh, the peter pan right. tv show when i was a kid that upset me so much because mm -hmm. it was so cruel and sadistic and forced transformation was was happening yeah and now i fucking love that whole vibe mm -hmm. so my kink I've always seen as something fluffy and light and safe and colorful. And actually there is a real dark river running under it. And now I'm kind of picking things up from those dark waters. Mm -hmm. And it's really interesting how creepy is becoming sexy to me. Mm -hmm. And so puppets are fucking hot now. I'm mm -hmm. on this puppet thing. I'm on this puppet train. Like I love being puppeted as in I've had my limbs on strings. 
I've been suspended, not allowed to move, posed, stripped, dressed up, taken photos of, filmed, laughed at, stuffed in a box. I've been a dildo. Um, mm. I've been... That was really hot. Yeah? Yeah, that was really hot. Being a dildo, like, just having to lie there while I was being used, mm -hmm. and then, like, being packed away was hot. And then uh, having my... Um, my captor's name written on the bottom of my foot, like Andy writing nice. on oh. his name on Woody. And I also got shaved from the neck down. And, and and then I was a leather cowboy and taken around an event as a leather cowboy with mm -hmm. a string at my back attached to my neck that someone had to pull for me to be allowed to speak. Yeah. All very hot. Um, I love puppet time. Yeah. Going back to what you mentioned with um, how things that are scary are now sexy... That's kind of my approach when it came to breath play, because I, I said before I've I've done breath play once with um, with a kingster in Manchester during Rubber Weekend, but this time round it wasn't just breath restriction; it was to the point where I passed out. Whoa! Yeah, it was very intense and it was frankly very terrifying because you're in a you're in a you're you've got a gas mask covering your entire face with a rebreather bag which has poppers in it. So not only are you reusing your own breath, which is slowly like turning into like carbon dioxide, but you're also rebreathing in all the poppers, the intense fumes. Jesus. Yeah. And of course, the first time—not really the first time, but the the first half of our session—I did my little safe action to get me out of to get some air. Mm -hmm. um, and then once I felt more comfortable, it came back on. But it was a case of like. <clears throat> This is the weird thing about it is like I did not know when I passed out. <laughs> like the, in media and films, it's always like oh the vision gets blurry and then you fall down and then it goes to black. Yeah. But for me at least, it was a case where it was a case where one minute I had the hood on and I was like concentrating on you know maintaining my breath, being able to breathe. My, the back of my throat was burning from the popper fumes that were like constantly going like in and out of my trachea. The next minute, well, not like the next instant, suddenly the mask is off and I'm swallowing the Dom's load. Still tied. Holy fuck. Yeah. I assume you discussed all of this prior. Yeah, we we discussed everything at length for the past couple of weeks Good. leading up to <clears> it. Um, I I specifically stipulated that I wanted to be I wanted to push my limits to not just breath restriction but full on to the point where I lost consciousness. Of course, he would be there to pull me out of it. But it was fucking terrifying in the scene because literally going through my head as I was slowly losing like oxygen and slowly losing my sanity from the poppers, it was like, I could fall unconscious and never wake up. Yeah. This could be it for me. And like that sort of like panicking state, I was like, it, there was like two, there were two minds conflicting. There was the one that is meant to keep me alive, which I'm surprised it's done that well so far, knowing me. Being like, you need to stop this, you need to get out, you need to prioritize your own safety. And then there was the other side of me that was like, I want to see exactly where my limits are, and then push it just an inch further, see where it goes. And also you have someone else to take you out of the scene if needs be. You're not doing breath play unsupervised, because that's incredibly risky. Never, ever, Never, ever. Ever. Like, in fact, actually, I was speaking to one of my mates who said that they did a breath play session on their own. I was like, no, nope. matter how no matter how many things you, no matter how many safety measures you do, all it takes is one second for you to fall unconscious, and that's yes. it. Or, uh, honestly, or, like, one thing to go wrong. Yeah. One mistake, 
one something out of your control, anything, any number of, of, of things goes wrong. And yeah, yeah. <clears throat> you fall unconscious and that's it. You're not going to wake up. Yeah. Do not do breath alone, please. Thankfully, I woke up. I didn't even realise that I had <laughs> fallen unconscious. But as you know, we were wrapping up the scene, we didn't have, it was a very short scene because they had work. But as we were wrapping up the scene, the main thing to do with the sort of sort of session that I had, including which included poppers, stay hydrated before before and after the scene. Make sure you have some sugars in you. Try not to stand up and move around too quickly. Like let your body relax. Let let the uh, let the bloodstream like filter out the poppers before you try and do anything. And also like check in with yourself and also check in with your dom. It's very important for your own mentality that you ensure that not only you are okay and that your dominant realizes that you're okay, but you're also making sure that the dominant's fine with it because the dom, like most, I think most submissives, while they're wising up to it, most submissives don't realize that the dominant is watching something that could potentially be traumatizing, like life-changingly traumatizing in front of their eyes. And they are, for the most part, fully responsible for making sure that it's okay, that mm-hmm. it goes well. So it's important to like make sure that they're doing okay after a scene because well yes you've gone through the physical and um <clears throat> psychological like stress so to, to an extent so has a don because mm-hmm. they're there for you as much as you are yeah. for them um that got, that got a little bit deep fuck okay we are on the motorway oh my god slow down you're going too fast don't scare me when i'm driving okay sorry. this is like this feels very like we're doing a bit this, uh, uh-huh. and like, as in this feels like you know those comedy shows like comedians in cars getting coffee and so I feel like yeah. we're doing like a bit like this is welcome to my car um, welcome to my ride welcome to my clown car yeah uh, it's actually 14 of us in here <laughs> god um, so doggy weekend yes let's talk more about that it was fun also by the way homo block was this weekend. What is Homo Block? I don't know, and some of my friends were up here for it, and my boss just texted me asking how it was, thinking I, that's why I was here. So I don't know anything about it other than Tish was performing, um, yeah. and that's it, that's all I know. Yeah. Um, I think it's like a club night. It sounds like a gay club night, I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it's at least in the advertising in Clone Zone, it looks and sounds like just a regular, not really a regular, but like a large gay club night like there's not really any kink going on like people will dress sexy and stylish but well like my fetish friends were there so I assume they didn't come to Manchester for nothing you know what I mean yeah because otherwise they would have been here for Doggy Weekend right yeah yeah because Lucky was here for Homo Block not yes. Doggy Weekend which is funny we both drove up and neither of us saw each other <laughs> yeah um, and I was spe- yeah Doggy Weekend yeah I was speaking with um some of the uh, workers at Clone Zone, and they were like, yeah, there's two groups, and they both will have discounts here, but if people from Homer Block won't know that there's people from Doggy Weekend, people from Doggy Weekend won't know there's people from Homer Block until they go to Clone Zone, and they're like, wait, you're going to that event. Okay. Right. But of course, Doggy Weekend's better because we had the high discount. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, 20% versus their 15%. Uh-huh. <laughs> Suck a dick. But yeah, Doggy Weekend is... Basically, a- be a dog. Yeah, you be a dog. But we also have, as mentioned previously, we have like other pets and stuff. So I brought uh, Spooky, who's a kitten, along to the event. I think with, um, you know Spyro and Goose? Obviously. They know Mato, Matu? Matau. Matau. I'll get it right eventually. I don't know. I don't know. Um, Mateo. 
who is like who's also a kitten as well and then some of the events some of the club nights like club animals in particular you have all sorts of people you have quite a few furries in there as well in their full fursuits yes oh my god I get how to try they, a fursuit how they do it I do not know yeah me neither I, I got to do I got to try on Silver's Arcanine bitch suit which was so cute and so much fun yeah I saw the photos you looked adorable yeah but very sweaty yes very sweaty yes I actually I really underestimated it because it's comfy it's cosy and it's not gross sweaty the way that rubber is where your sweat can't escape it's porous but it is just so hot and sweaty Mm. it is just like having a big woolly jumper on everything I think it's why I see the because it's my second dog weekend which has meant it's my second animals all the furries seem to be in the same spots in crews like they're in the same spots where there's the highest concentration of AC yes of course they're like smart on, like front centre of stage around the sort of like corner steps and then a little bit next to one of the pillars well also the thing about furries is like you can fit an ice pack in a fursuit the way you can't in like rubber yeah rubber's all skin tight but the fursuit is bulky and that's why it's hot it's not just trapping sweat it's actually just warm so a lot of furries I think have like those cooling systems in the suit. yeah they have like the fans and stuff yeah or like the or it'll be like a water mm-hmm. system um, which I think is very cool and that's what I would want the water system the water cooling system is actually their recycled piss <laughs> that wouldn't work that would just make it hotter. That's what you do in a wetsuit. Uh, good one. <laughs> it's a cool concept. It's yeah, you meant concept. to in a wetsuit. Well, I, so I, uh, trying on, you know, I've said for a long time I've known that I'm not, not a furry, but I tried on a friend's paws and head briefly and was like, okay, that's awesome. Then I tried on Silver's head and it was, I mean, he also made, he made it like a really immersive experience. And so that really helped. Uh-huh. But yeah, I was like, I need this. Mm. Would I get a full fursuit? Now, I'm a sweater, so I don't know. Unless it had a really good cooling system, and that'll be expensive. But I also really like the just having paws and a head because you get yeah. to wear clothes that look cool. Um, I think they call that poodling. And I think that's really cute. Yeah. So. I would kind of want to do that. Uh-huh. Like, I'm, I don't think I would be interested in being a furry... Because, I, again, when I mentioned before about my sort of... How I enjoy kinks, it's very, like, sexual and stuff. Yeah. Um, I'm not sure how putting on a fursuit and having a fursona could be seen as... A, how I could... How my little monkey dog brain can perceive that as sexual... But I still would be interested in trying on a first to just see how it feels and like walking around. Yeah, it feels amazing. Yeah. It's part- there is also something to the anonymity of a giant head. Yeah. I don't know what it is. I think it's the cartoony thing, mm. the mascot thing, yeah. the clowny thing, the puppet thing, all of those things. And the pup mask. Yeah. Like it's like a pup hood, but huge proportions, which makes you feel like it's not even you, you're just trapped inside. And yeah. I love that. On the topic of anonymity, though, um, so the hotel that I that we were staying at, it's a good like 
maybe it's a short, but it's it feels like a long three four minute walk into the um, into the gay village, right? And for most of the events, they didn't have enough cloakroom space. So on the sort of like Telegram updates chat, they were saying, "Hey, if you're going to this event, please." Please, please avoid bringing a bag as much as possible. Try and bring as little stuff as possible because, like, there's not much space to yeah. store everyone's stuff. So for the last couple of nights, I've had to basically walk to the event in gear, mm. in public, through non-gay village areas where... Yeah. Well, we did that a bit with the clown thing. Yeah, but that was different because everyone has seen clowns. Yeah, but I'm in a rubber cat suit with a cod piece. But like, it's very obvious that you're a clown, though, because of the makeup. Versus, yeah. has has any normie seen a person with full latex and a pop hood and a tail? Yes, it's Manchester. They see it every other month. Yeah, but in the areas outside the gay village. Which, by the way, is called gay village yeah. that's not just a colloquialism like it, that is actually what it's called which I think is kind of funny yeah the official street is the official name of the street is Canal Street but it's also officially called the gay village no no the area around Canal Street is called gay, the gay village. village oh yeah. wait what like Bloom Street Princess Street yeah that's all gay village yeah I'm talking about like Oxford Street I think next to it like the main ish road listen I wouldn't worry about how you present when you're in yeah, but, central Manchester but yeah going go like tangent over there um, I enjoyed actually walking through the areas where you don't where you wouldn't normally see people in like kink gear and even though some people were a little bit a uh, bit of a prick we'll say there's always drunk Hindus and straight losers straight straight losers with like Stone Island Stone Island jumpers and like blue jeans and a receding hairline that they're trying to like hide with their fringe um, yeah and but like white trainers that are only going to be white for that evening yeah. meanwhile their female friends like have bare shaved legs and open toed high heels and it's fucking freezing and they're yeah. all looking at you like wait you, you're dressing how you want to dress and you're comfortable and yeah. you feel good maybe yeah. you're not that comfortable like one, one person like walked past and like heckled being like oh, you look like a sausage and I was like I am what I eat fuck off yeah I, I just like being like yay thanks you know because it yeah. kind of disarms them and they're like cool okay like they're if you can give it back then they're kind of like oh wait what am I like they don't want to be a they don't want to be seen as being a dick they don't want to be seen as being a bully so the moment that you're like oh cool thanks man I was kind of going for more of a brat verse then you know yeah they're like haha okay cool like, the whole point is to try and humiliate you, and I'm just like, that's my kink! Stop. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, but it's... Thank you, you never need to be defensive, I feel, because it's like... Well, I mean, with this You don't need to justify brand, yourself to exactly. people who don't care. You don't need to be like, oh my god, thank you. Yeah. Um, you don't need to be like... But equally, oh, equally, equally more so, though, there have been a lot of people who have... Who are very much vanilla, like, well, quote-unquote normal people. Fucking muggles. Yeah, who are, like, actually, like... Actively curious and oh, yeah. very respectful about it. They I always that. start. I love how they always start their sense, like their question with, "I don't mean to be offensive, but can I ask you?" And I'm like, just by saying that, I already, know I will that. answer any question you yeah, give yeah, yeah. me. Like I already know that it's either not going to be offensive or 
or you will be receptive to here's why that is offensive. Yeah. Um, and here's what you can say instead to ask, yeah, here's how ask you can the ref- thing you mean. Yeah. yeah. Like, I quite like, at, at just at Rubber Weekend, there were... Um, so many people asking about us being clowns. <laughs> Nobody asked me, which I found kind of funny. Everybody was asking the other ones, and I think it was because I was the most clown clown. Yeah. Because all I heard was people talking about who's that guy who's like head to toe clown. Yeah. Who's who? Who's the person who's gone the full yeah, yeah, full yeah. nine yards? Um. But then there were people who were like, "Oh, is it okay if I touch your suit?" And I was like, "Yeah." The people who grab. Or the people, it's, yeah. Yeah. Don't touch people without permission, especially if they're in rubber, because... Especially... Yeah, especially... parties, like, honestly, you you could have been drinking something that was quite, you know, like, tacky or sticky and it got on your hand, or maybe you've touched makeup or or whatever. If if you touch someone's rubber, you could degrade it. Like, seriously. Yeah, like, you're... Like, the £15 per second you paid for could ruin 150 at least pound rubber shirt Um, but yeah thankfully though a lot of people on the way were very respectful but the the anonymity that's where we're getting at here the anonymity of having all the gear on having the tail on having at least part of my part of my face obscured it makes me feel a lot more confident because I don't need to it's powerful yeah I don't need to present myself as a regular human I can present myself as this as my pup sona and this pop sonar doesn't give a fuck about humans unless you're tugging at his leash or giving him treats or scritches. Mainly scritches. I love scritches. Um, it's also kind of like there's a superhero feel. Like, yeah. I feel like a superhero. I feel like, yes, there's the anonymity, you know, but that feels like a secret identity. It feels like we are like a bunch of Power Rangers and, you know, we all sort of, I was going to say no two of us look the same, but uh, that's not true. No. <laughs> <laughs> Unfortunately. But, um, you know, it is sort of like collect them all, mix and match, Pokemon Go it. Get the, it makes shi- me get, feel, get the shiny versions of each. Yeah, like it makes me feel like I'm part of a cool little super gang. Yeah. It's like a school uniform, except you actually enjoy it. Yeah, and you picked it. Exactly. And just like school uniform, they're going to be people who fetishize it. And, and the uniform fine. is like, hey, wear um, what you want to wear. Yeah. The uniform is personalized to some extent. But all that, no. Not really on that note, but Doggy Weekend, absolute blast. It's my second time there. I went there last year and I enjoyed Doggy Weekend because it was my first major event. But the first time round, I was very much like focusing on okay, I'm gonna have sex at this time with these people. Um, I'm going to make as many friends as possible. And just like the pressure to socialize and um, the pressure to socialize, the pressure to fuck, the pressure to make the most of every event kind of diminish the experience for anyone who's like just starting out with um, with like large scale events like Doggy Weekend or Rubber Weekend don't try to don't try to force yourself to make the most out of it, just enjoy it because then you'll make the most out of it, you'll have more positive experiences yeah, so the second time, so for this Doggy Weekend, I wasn't trying to fuck, mainly because I couldn't (laughs) for medical reasons but I was just trying to get in touch with the people that I already connected with over the past two years as being a pub, going to each little mini event, you know, having a look at all the stores and what like merchandise they're selling, 
going to Quincy's um, pup headspace workshop and understanding how to better communicate both before and during a session. Oh my god, Quincy was here. I didn't see anybody. <laughs> it was well, actually, I, I, mean, I came here to see people, but I didn't you, see you I, were you were like out of town for a whole day. I was. I, I was also fully booked. Like I couldn't <laughs> see. I didn't get to see everybody that I wanted to see. So. Uh huh. Everybody else It was just like Oh I knew you were here mm-hmm. The one thing I do want to say Is actually What I said to Spooky Earlier today Because They made They were asking about Like a vent drop And I think you Had some good advice For that My advice was sort of To Try and look forward To the next thing Because yeah. You know I, I, I've made this my whole life So I, I've never really Experienced that I go from thing to thing And so I also Get excited to go home because I've been out of things yeah um, but I think that's that mentality is still a good idea of like look look forward and then they were saying how they felt really shy talking to people yeah. and how this time they made a lot more effort to talk to people that they you know felt funny about talking to before and that really resonated with me because I felt that way yeah same and people have said they felt that way about me and I have I just think fuck that fuck politeness this is not a polite thing this is your brain way overthinking it because first of all the fact that you are concerned about how you're going to come across means you're already overthinking it you're not going to overstep the bounds and even if you do you can always apologize later like yeah like don't worry about that but the main thing is nobody is going to be offended that you talked to them (laughs) so in my experience everyone that I have wanted to speak to has been really friendly, really receptive, yeah. and has also, you know, often been really like, oh, thank you so much, you know, if uh-huh. it's somebody that you've seen online or something like that. So always, always, always go, because they're just a person, they're just a face, and you can talk to a face. Yeah, because um, when... It's, it's not like... Because when Muck, um, your Muckle, uh, when uh, Spooky was talking to me, they were like, oh, I consider you, Scritch, as... Twitter famous. I'm like, no, don't. Not only because I don't even have barely enough followers to even consider myself to be remotely famous, nor do I want to have that sort of like fame and stuff. I mean, I, I would like to be seen, but I don't really want to be famous because that's a lot. Uh, blah, 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 stuff. It's a sort of situation where if you judge a person and their personality based on how many followers they have on Twitter, then you're doing yourself a disservice because you're trying to force yourself into a box just to interact with them when you can just interact with them as a person and they'll be equally receptive again first time at doggy weekend i encountered davy i'd been following them for some time and i was like really shy to talk to them because oh my god they're probably really busy and i'm not they're not interested in me but then i started talking to them at the last night and they were really nice and we connected over a whole plethora of things that i didn't even know that they did or that they were doing and then I got to speak with them again this year, and I even got to hang out with them and chill in their flat for a little bit. Didn't do didn't do any of the any kink stuff. We just chatted. It's the ultimate equalizer just to be in person because then you, yeah. you you remember that like oh yeah everybody is just people. Yeah. And the other thing is like you're not restricted to your online persona or your online personality. No. You have you have the full context of who they are, and they have the full context of who you are. Yeah, and don't think that they won't appreciate meeting you. The other thing is. The, the flip side of that is, yes, it does occasionally happen that 
you know, maybe people are overwhelmed or they're not having a good time or they're busy, you know, you cannot, you, you can't know what's going on for someone and maybe they're a bit curt or they're a bit like, sorry, just not right now yeah. or whatever. And all of that is fine. That's not a rejection of you as a person or anything to do with you. That's, you know, they've got their own shit going on. They're a person that's, you know, perfectly fine. And you can be like, oh, okay, cool. Maybe next time, whatever. On the very rare occasion that someone is really up themselves, rude, bitchy, mean, then you can feel very validated in knowing that that is their problem. Yeah. And you can just be like, okay, cool. Goodbye. Because you're not going to look like the dickhead in that situation. They are. So, yeah. Yeah, these these whole events, like, it's very, and I've, I keep I keep hearing this from the people I've interacted with, even those I haven't spoken to before, either online or in person. But this year's Doggy Weekend has never felt more friendly, more fun, more exciting, and overall more fulfilling. Mm. Like there is, there is like a really uniting sense of a community within the pub space, within the pub community, and also our adjacent cousins with the furries during Doggy Weekend because we're all friendly we're all there for each other and uh, you mentioned about how some people may feel a little bit coy how they might like they're not really in the right mind space to, to like socialise and stuff if they don't explicitly tell you that they're likely with a buddy who will say that for them for them mm-hmm. so there's always like clear communication there's always um, people trying to get the best intentions and always trying to be on the right um walk with the right foot forward and ensuring that everyone is like having a good time I think it's okay to assume the best of people because exactly. when people show you the, <laughs> the worst then then you can be like okay that's that's you I was yeah. giving you the benefit of the doubt you don't need to give it more thought than that yeah it's like okay and all these things as well like I don't know how wrapped up in you know online or you know Twitter fame or, or whatever stuff like that I mean I really struggled with when I joined social media I really struggled with the perception of like everyone's lives looking so perfect and fun all the time yeah that is not real and it's okay to constantly need you know just a reminder of that Uh and in the same way this like fame thing is not real you know it's not like if you meet this person in a bar they're going to be any different to anyone else you meet in that bar yeah what they do online and how many people watch the stuff they do online it, it doesn't matter mm-hmm. and it shouldn't matter to them if they're very affected by it and they're very you know wrapped up in it then again how they choose to behave is how they choose to behave whatever yeah. but it shouldn't change anything you can still as long as you're polite you know there's there's no reason that anyone should not be back so yeah exactly. but yeah it's talk- been a fun weekend though I know like I again I, I really I didn't go in wanting to like have sex like I usually do with most like kink events like I just went in there to meet all these people introduce Spooky and Rogue into the world of kink because it's their first ever kink event let alone first ever doggy weekend rainbow oh rainbow oh my god can we follow it can we get a pot of gold no I mean, Taking you home. It can be a tax write-off. No. Okay. Well, I still have to drive myself, myself, like just get a plane. Whole distance. Just get the a plane. world is burning. Get a plane for God's sake. 
I'm already driving this car. <laughs> cargo plane. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But yeah, Doggy Weekend, I very much enjoyed it. And I didn't go in expecting to try to have um, sex or trying to force myself to make new friends because I already have enough friends. And they Whoa, sorry. Here's there. the bottom of that rainbow. What the hell? Oh, God. Wait, is there a double rainbow? No, it can't be. I mean, it can be. Could be. All things are possible. If I cross my eyes... Maybe. Um, there are people who I connected with during Doggy Weekend last year that I haven't spoken with since then who I've now re-met again and I've reminded myself why I connected with them in the first place because they're fucking awesome. Mm. They're all beautiful, beautiful boys. Um, you said talk about... Talk about what? Um, yeah, so... There's this one person in particular that I've reconnected with called Hunter. Um, and... We started talking, we were hanging out again with Davey and Lucia, and we started talking about um, different types of kink and stuff, and how I was, wasn't was really into impact, but I was willing to like explore a bit because I enjoyed vloggers recently. Um, and it, by the time this happened, we were at the dead dog party, like yesterday, as we were recording, so Sunday night. And he has his paddle, and he's like, would you like to try this? It's like, okay, yeah, I'd be willing to try it. After being bitten by him very hard several times, like across my arm and my shoulder, I can't move my left arm because it's going to hurt in a very good way. But yeah, he took me up to the sort of darkroom area, which normally you just used to fuck, but in this case, it was the only space where he could actually use a paddle on me. And I think half the bar heard me yelping. Aww. Yeah. That's sweet. Yeah, because I wanted to, like... Again, I was running off of the whole, not necessarily high, but the the knowledge from the breath play session that I had earlier in the day that I am willing to not only question the limits I put for myself and push them a little bit, but also do so knowing that I have people who I know, trust, and I'm able to like act on my behalf if I really, if I'm if I'm honestly not acting in my own best interests, mm-hmm. like if I'm just doing this just to be self-deprecating. Yeah. But, like, we went through his sort of levels of um, giving pain. So, with the bites, it was, like, a scale of 1 to 10. And then he would scale up from 1. I think I got to, like, about a 7. Which, well, it's left bruises in a good way. Likewise, with paddles, I've never been paddled before. I've been flogged, but that's different. So, we started working up to it. Not only in terms of intensity, but also pace as well. And then took breaks every so often you know he was like massaging my butt went outside to like decompress and then went back in for a little bit and now I have one more reason to go down to London aside from seeing you but to see Hunter and get my butt paddled and have to stay standing for the whole train ride back (laughs) but yeah as we're recording this right like I'm sat in the car I'm having to lean onto my left cheek because my right cheek is bruised oh that's such a nice feeling I had that yeah. the first time I got spanked mm-hmm. it was pretty vicious and I had bruises all over my back and butt and it was the first time so I, my body was just like what's happened yeah we've been beaten and I was sitting in the car <laughs> sitting in my mum's car <laughs> with my mum and I was just like, ah, everything hurts. Yeah. But it was kind of nice. It was like this warm sting. Just like sitting down. It gave me this sadistic like grin to mm. like feel those 
nice ouchies because it just reminded me of like the warm comforting safe and also cool and brave and fun and yeah the, the thing I just did like you know which was kind of blowing my mind that I'd done it mm. um so yeah this is the exit we want yes. yes um so yeah and then um but since then that kind of only really happens the first time I think because mm-hmm. I've been hit worse than that and it's not uh, it's not left me with that like I can't sit down feeling anymore my body's kind of like we can sit on a bruise yeah um, yeah but it's so nice to have uh huh like there's only been a few instances where I've managed to fully space out and I want to I want to explore impact play more so I can find what would what sort of combination or what sort of what buttons would need to be pressed in what order to get me to space out through impact so I could like really enjoy and like fully absorb right. the scene that I'm in. Well, yeah, so impact and, and pain play is something I'm kind of working on because I'm both learning to take a dominant role very yeah. slowly and steadily. Uh-huh. And also trying to push my pain limits because um, because in order to you, you really can like push those those pain limits like your your body can learn that it's safe to go to a certain place and you can start to enjoy the sensation because you know that you are safe and that kind of it just takes a lot of trust and a lot of prolonged training um which i think the main difficulty with that is finding someone that you can regularly play with um in order to facilitate that because i think otherwise pain training is very uh difficult to achieve and and i think we naturally overachieve so i had a pain session session i had a pain session in berlin recently where uh you know it was a lot lighter than what i'm used to but it was actually it taught me a lot more about my body and limits and how receptive I am to different stimuli because mm-hmm. taking it down a few notches actually can be a really helpful way to uh, gauge your own pain mm-hmm. threshold. And then you can build from there and go further. Yeah, um, you mentioned how it was difficult to like do uh, pain training without a consistent partner I think it's also a case of like your own fear stops you from doing that you're by yourself I think yeah it's also very difficult to do yourself because you it's very hard to hurt yourself you yeah. can um, you can and you should test any implement you're going to use on somebody else on yourself yeah so that you know how it feels but you're not going to be able to get the maximum um, benefit out of it it, it, it's just I think that kind of needs to be done by someone else but right. it, it is worth doing if you really want to explore pain and you have tools that you want to get used to the feel of off the, on their own I think it's very much to do with the relationship you have with the person you're playing with because they are going to be it's, it's the back and forth between you that's going to determine whether you understand this pain as good pain or bad pain mm. if you don't know the person very well are we exiting? yes you're going to no we're taking 
like first exit okay. of the ring road. Left here. Yes. Where are we? We're we coming off the motorway. We're coming off the motorway. Welcome okay. to Leeds. Oh shit. Okay. Um, yeah. If you don't know the person very well, um, your body is automatically going to be at a defensive place. You're going to re- receive impact as oh, what's going on here? Pain. You know. Yeah. Instead of when you've learned to build trust with someone and you understand how they work and they understand how you work and you're creating this thing together, your body goes, oh, this is safe, we're not in danger, and then you can really just enjoy the the pain sensation. Um, So yeah, these things are always hard to find, um, but that doesn't mean we ever skimp on, you know, the important details like vetting a safe play partner. done and that's all for today i want to quickly shout out the beta bro event that lucky took me to i can't say it was really my thing but it was a nice vibe and i met some lovely people i'm also excited to announce that i will be performing with ben biddick at the nachtlicker cabaret in london so be sure to come check that out on the 8th of december Uh, My yay for the day is going to be that I am very excited to be doing the photo shoot I've mentioned previously and will be shooting in Berlin when this episode comes out. So stay tuned to hear more about that. Otherwise, have a good week, everyone, and join me next week as we go under the big top. guys, Barney here. I just want to take a quick moment to talk about the program that brings The Big Top to life, Zencaster. I use Zencaster for all my recordings, and since taking over The Big Top fully, I have actually tried other systems, but I ended up sticking with Zencaster. It's so easy to use. You don't have to download anything, just log in using your browser and start recording a high-quality podcast right away. It records studio-quality sound and up to 4K video with guests, along with a full suite of professional tools that let you produce and publish all from one dashboard. Being a creator has genuinely never been easier. And I love that I can send a simple link to my guests and we can record over a video call wherever they are in the world. Also, if you're like me and cannot stand the sound of your voice, Zencaster's built-in post-production process makes such a difference. It automatically removes ums and ahs, awkward pauses, reduces background noise, and makes me sound so much better. Plus, the Hobbyist and Creator Plus accounts are always free to use, and their professional accounts are free to try for 14 days, no credit card required. Go to Zencaster.com forward slash pricing and use my code BIGTOP, and you'll get 30% off your first month of any Zencaster paid plan. I want you to have the same easy experience as I do for all my podcasting and content needs. It's time to share your story.